switching speeds like Bruce Lee, riding a Fuji in a movie. I drop it on the one, fuck the two, three, funky like a box of Coogees on a loose leaf. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. So April 1st, you know, you, you batten down the hatches and you're like, nope, no one's going to fool me. First of all, can I say, like, everyone's become so, like, afraid. It's weird. Everyone on April 1st all of a sudden is like, I don't trust anybody. But, like, before April 1st, everyone's like, let me share this article that I haven't fully read or researched. <laughs> yeah, dude, if everyone was that skeptical, the fucking election would have went way different. <laughs> but what's, inter- what's interesting to me is that, like, everyone is so like, no, I will not be fooled on April 1st. And it's just like, it's not fun anymore. Like, <laughs> it's literally like the day where everyone's like, uh, uh, how dare you do a joke on people? You're just a jackass for ever wanting to play a joke on anyone. And it's just like, guys, calm down. <laughs> I don't think I saw any April Fool's Day, like, actual pranks. The only things I was seeing were from companies promoting uh, fake products, which has, like, become the thing. They're just like, ooh, Cheetos cologne, because you always wanted to smell like Cheetos. Like, uh uh-huh. Like, Pop-Tarts had one that was, Pop-Tarts, only the crust. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. That's cute. I get it. Yeah, I don't see what's wrong with that, though. And who's it's falling like, for that anyway? The idea is that it's ridiculous, you know? And maybe one or two people might be, like, not thinking about it and be like, wait, what? And then they go to the site and like, oh, you got me. I forgot. You know, but, like, I, I just don't understand, like, people who are, like, staunchly against any idea of, like, you know... Uh, uh, playing a joke on anyone ever on April Fool's Day. You know what I mean? There's yeah. some people who are just like, literally like, oh, here's the day where everyone's gonna be an asshole. And it's just like, guys, calm down. You know what I mean? And I didn't see anybody fucking be a dick, honestly. Like, I think most people have just kind of, like, I don't know. I think it's a different time now. I think less people were paying attention to it. No, and it's just the idea of, like, the internet gets collectively exhausted with things very easily. Yeah. And I think to have a day dedicated to a joke is just just doesn't work in this modern age. You know what I mean? In a modern yeah. age where everyone knows what day it is all the time, you know? <laughs> like, everyone knows what's up, you know? So you can't really play a real prank on people like that anymore, even though I kind of did with my last episode. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone takes talk like a pirate day serious yeah <laughs> i don't know anybody who celebrates talk like a pirate day did someone actually start that who did that there was no way that was a thing before like fucking spongebob like <laughs> i don't think it was it probably make... did start around that time yeah like who the fuck made that a thing because there's no way talk like a pirate day was happening in 1985 this is very recent so someone had to have started it <laughs> i think i stopped hearing people talk about pirates um, when the whole Captain Phillips being t- taken over by pirates thing happened. When Somalian pirates became a thing, people were just like, oh shit, they're still here? Oh shit, I forgot about actual modern day non-squash buckling pirates. <laughs> I forgot how serious that was. Damn it, now I feel like a dick. <laughs> this is an actual problem. <laughs> Captain Phillips is like, yeah, see, here's what you get. Walking around Arin everywhere. They fucking took offense. And now look. Now he is the captain. <laughs> I'm the captain. You know what? Oh, BuzzFeed yeah. ruined April Fool's Day. How about that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Th- that's my hot take. 
BuzzFeed <laughs> ruined April Fool's Day because it's like, how many times have you clicked on something and been like, oh, it's going to be this thing. This is going to be crazy. Oh, well, that's not really. Okay, I, I guess. So, like, if the premise for your thing now is click on this thing for this absurd idea, well, now we're at this point where all these websites have tried to do the flashy absurd idea to the point where a, an April Fool's prank is literally doing the same thing that BuzzFeed and all these articles that ha- do year round. You know what I mean? Mm. And so now we're just tired of it. You know, now it's not, it's not an unexpected, ridiculous thing. Now it's, Oh, again, have you ever seen advertised, uh, the article, um, mama June from honey boo boo lost a bunch of weight. You won't believe it. I don't fucking care what Mama June or whatever the fuck her name is, what she looks like. She fucking put her daughter in danger by having her in the same house with a pedophile. I don't care how much (laughs) weight she lost. She's a horrible person. (laughs) That's like saying, ooh, you won't believe what Hitler looked like with this beach bod in 1939. It's like, I don't care. He's a monster. I don't care what he looked like in a one stri- in a one piece striped bathing suit. I saw a place advertising in town like a weight loss clinic that said lose four lose forty pounds in four weeks. Like n- no, <laughs> that's horrible. You must have that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like uh, I I just want to tag that place and just be like save yourself. Don't fucking try this. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, take this, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hanzo knife and just cut off parts of your stomach. Mm. Uh, 40 pounds, just just gone. The fat literally evaporates in, in into this vat that we're throwing it into. <laughs> Slice away that unwanted fat. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's actually about it. We're, we're, we're not trying to be clever with that one. We're actually just trying to give you a warning. <laughs> it's it's not a metaphorical thing. <laughs> yeah, no. We're gonna cut parts of your body off. The weight weight loss clinic. <laughs> you just go in and like you know uh, step on the weight scale, and you step on oh two ninety. Oh, all right, uh, just check this out. It is take out a buzzsaw, <laughs> cut off your arm, you ready? and then they push you back on. Oh look, uh, two two sixty. Amazing. They have you lay down on the bench, and then you look over and see there's that giant, like, sword-looking thing they had on paper-cutting tables. It's like, oh, no. What did I sign up for? I already signed the waiver. God damn it. It's like, oh, looks looks like you're uh, losing even more weight as we speak. That's blood, you asshole. (laughs) Oh, you watch Rick and Morty, right? Uh, I'm really far behind, so I haven't seen the new episode. Adult Swim won April Fools this year. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like they literally had the new episode on, and people were like, "Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you fucking don't. Don't try to fool me, Adult Swim. God damn it!" And they're like, "No, seriously, it's streaming for the next four hours." And people were like, "Wait, are you fucking serious?" <laughs> people just like jumped on that shit. And was like, "Holy shit, they weren't joking." <laughs> Like, that, that's how you get them. <laughs> so it was streaming online? Yeah. Oh, on Adult okay. Swim. 
And Jess ran in the room. You know, I'm watching Star Trek and shit, and she just runs in. She's like, dude, turn that bullshit off. We got to watch fucking Rick and Morty. It's on right now. And I was like, quit playing. Nuh-uh. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, real funny, April Fool's. Uh. She was like, no, switch the fucking channel. <laughs> and uh, and I saw it playing on her phone. I was like, oh, my God. Is that a rare? Like, and I kept thinking the whole time they're going to be like, oh, you know what they're going to do? They're going to fucking, like, play part of it and then cut it off and be like, ha, gotcha. You know. You know you know what they did one time? One time they did some bullshit where they were like, we're going to play the, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie on, um, on Adult Swim before it comes out in theaters, right? I remember that being a thing. Oh, okay. And, but here's the funny thing. They started the movie... And then they shrunk it re- down really small and put it to the left bottom side of the screen. Oh, my God. <laughs> and carried on with programming as usual. That's really funny. <laughs> I was like, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> I know my mind oh my- goes back to um, the South Park in, what was it, like, 98, 99? Mm-hmm. When they did the, uh, oh, find out who Cartman's father is oh yeah and then it was like april fools and it showed like a terrence and philip 30 minute episode instead oh yeah i remember that i was so mad as a little kid dude people were so mad they actually had to like do the conclusion of that episode yeah like i'm pretty sure they didn't actually plan on it it was like oh shit now we kind of have to yeah, it's like they 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 kind of took for granted how invested people actually might have been in their characters. As a, as a stupid little kid, like what eight nine years old, I'm not ashamed to admit I got so mad I cried. <laughs> I was looking forward to it so much, and when that fucking shit started, I just started crying. <laughs> That's a uh, one time when I, when I was young. Uh, I think it was a Speaker Box Love Below album. Mm. And my sister said, uh, she was like, uh, oh my god, wait, uh, what what album was the one that you that you liked? Was it the, the Outcast one? And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, your room was so dirty and I just wanted to clean it up and I, I think I might have accidentally thrown it out. And I was like, what? And I ran outside. <laughs> Because I think the garbage, like, might have been coming in the next day or something like that. I started rummaging through the fucking trash outside. My sister walks in with, walks out with this big fucking grin on her face with the speaker box album in her hand. And I was like, do that. Still haven't repaid her for that one. It's coming. When she least expects it. Yeah, I'm a cooking a something up. <laughs> cooking up a spicy meatball. Yeah, that's right. I I take out my April Fool's jadedness on my fans every year. Speaking of release dates, um, we almost made a boo-boo. Or, well, no, not really. We try to schedule uh, what we review on the podcast ahead of time. And we were under the impression there for a moment that the new uh, Kendrick album uh, dropped today. So I was like, oh shit, this is going to be the second Kendrick album in a row that we end up uh, reviewing on its release date. Because last year we made a whole big thing of, I forgot what we were supposed to review, and I was at work. <laughs> in the... Never mind that shit. <laughs> yeah, you fucking me- text messaged me 
as I was at work, and I was like already have listened to the album that we were that we had agreed on, and then I was like, "Fuck that! To Bimbo Butterflies out. We're reviewing that. You have less than a few hours to listen to it." <laughs> so I feel stupid because in, the, in that review, when I listened back to it, like I don't dig it as much as I do now because I didn't have enough time to really like get into it. Uh. And yeah, that was when we had uh, Anthony Fantano on the first time. Um, yeah, and I was like. Drop. And I think we were originally going to talk about, like, some 50 Cent album. And I was like, dude, no one's going to be talking about that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was either 50 Cent, G-Unit. Yeah. Yeah, we were like, no one's going to be talking about that shit. Fuck that. I don't even know if I want to talk about this. The uh, Kendrick thing? Yeah. Somebody had, like, the false feminism of Kendrick Lamar is humble. It's like, first of all, he didn't say... It was supposed to be a feminist statement, so <laughs> I just kind of falls on his face there. Like, he never said, like, oh, man, and I'm about to do this one for the women. This one's for y'all. He was just saying, hey, I'm kind of tired of the Photoshop. I like a chicken's natural. I like stretch marks. Here's my new single, Humble. Hashtag feminism. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? No. It was only a few people kind of making a big deal about it. I, I didn't see a whole big hullabaloo. And it could just be because not a lot of people on my social media were talking about it. Uh, I, I saw you share it only in the context of, like, what you thought about it. But, yeah, I agree in the sense that people are giving Kendrick shit because he was one of the very few people at the time uh, spitting some real shit on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. And a lot of other people kind of talk about, you know, the stereotypical rap shit. And he was, uh, and he was above that or whatever. It's not like Kendrick made an album and the whole time was kind of talking up both sides of his mouth of like, on one hand, he's talking about all this like real shit about like, you know, loving yourself for being black and all the hardships that black community goes through and all of this and all the stuff his friends look at him and oh, he's making all this money or whatever. And then on the other side of the every other track, he's like shitting on like, mainstream rap and people that are rapping about, you know, everything else. Like, he wasn't doing what he was doing for the purpose of trying to be above that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he yeah. was just doing his own thing. My point being that, like, um, he's saying, you know, his lyric is like, I'm so fucking sick and tired of the Photoshop. Show me something natural like uh, like Afro and Richard Pryor. Show me something natural like ass with some stretch marks. And personally, I think, like, if you're someone who, you know kind of feels like you have to uh put on that that you always have to put on makeup that you feel like makeup is a necessity that you have to cover up flaws it's kind of cool to have someone in the mainstream saying dude you don't need to do that shit like you know like hey here's someone who will find you attractive no matter what because it doesn't like you don't have to put on that you know what i mean and it's like if you want to you can i'd like to think that that's implied but it's just like i'm not I'm not going to be a person who's going to put that pressure on you. And the thing is, he didn't even talk about makeup. He talked specifically about Photoshop. So it's just like, that's a little different. Like, putting on makeup before you go outside, like, that can be like, hey, uh, I kind of don't like these blemishes. I'd really rather not anyone see them. I'm going to put on a little makeup. You know what I mean? But, like, the idea of Photoshop is specifically, especially in the mainstream sort of fashion context, is here's this pretty model and we need to make her look even better because apparently how beautiful she is isn't fucking enough. 
And so we had to put all this shit on. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel pretty cynical about this topic. And, you know, it might be unwarranted. But I feel like... I would imagine a lot of people writing about this shit are kind of just kind of piggybacking to an yeah, extent. Yeah, they probably don't, like, normally listen to hip-hop. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and that doesn't make, like, misogynistic lyrics and rap okay. But at the same time, I think it might be kind of put on overreaction maybe not 100% genuine because like you said, it's not a lot of people aren't saying this. It's maybe a couple of publications and like I had messaged to you, even if this was a thing, I don't think this is going to hurt Kendrick, you know, one way or another, like, Oh my God, people, people were all excited about humble until he started talking about all the, all the wanting people to be natural. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, what about people who don't want to be natural? And that fucking boycott took him down. (laughs) It's like, I don't think he's got anything to worry about there. Yeah. Um, but now, now this thing was put up August, uh, April 1st, but, Oh, okay. But the thing is, people were talking about about that beforehand though. And, Mm. If it is a prank, it's not funny. Like, you know what I mean? There's no like joke. Should, uh, let me uh, let me um post a piece. All right. Uh, I mean, let me. It's let fucking me... little B. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a me... prank, but it's not funny. <laughs> it's a prank, bro. In our very recent past, there was a misguided attempt to flatter average and plus-sized women with phrases like real. That curves, for example, constitute a real woman. The undercurrent being that slenderness makes a woman less so. That's not a joke. That's, like, a real thing. So unless you're trying to say the joke is analysis, uh, the f- feminist analysis, th- then you're just... This falls on his face. <laughs> you know what I mean? These are all assumptions. I don't even know which publications did this, so I'm not trying to throw shade at these specific publications, but it could be like, hey, let's get our hits up. Let's help our search engine optimization. Everyone's talking about Kendrick. Let's run an article about Kendrick. Oh, is there anything we could possibly say? Um, you know, whenever Eminem posted a thing about, you know, that lyric about, like, raping Iggy Azalea or whatever, that caught some flack. That got people talking. Maybe we can do the same thing with Kendrick. I don't know, but, again, it's really hard for me to talk about women's issues not being one, and I don't really want to try to make it seem like I'm trying to be a spokesman or a representative or you know, try to stick up for people when I don't really know the struggle or the situation. But it feels manufactured. Like like you had said, there's other people talking about, like, bitches and all yeah. this. And it's like, they could easily take down every rapper if they wanted to. But the only reason they're focusing on Kendrick is because he's perceived as being more conscious, uh, being smarter. Recently, we had uh, Franklin Graham... Uh, the uh, the evangelist uh, Christian who mm-hmm. was calling for a boycott on Beauty and the Beast because he oh, heard yeah, yeah. that there was a gay scene in it. He didn't know the context. He uh-huh. didn't know what it was. He just knew there would be a gay scene. And he was like, that's it. That is it. This is where we draw the line. No more Disney. It's like, really? You could have fucking had an issue with tons of stuff up until this <laughs> point. I think it's just because everyone's talking about it, and you're trying to get some attention here. Yeah. Oh, this didn't this, feel genuine. This is the part specifically that says, "I don't want nor need Kendrick Bloody Lamar to validate the fact that I don't look like a model. My sense of self doesn't come from him." That's the part where I'm like, "Uh, 
who says it had to? Like, <laughs> I, like it's not like he said, like, oh, yeah, I, I, every woman should look exactly the way I, I want her to. No, he doesn't even freaking specify exactly what he wants. He just says, eh, you know, kind of tired of the Photoshop thing. I think this might be a case of a lot of publications were giving him credit yeah. for having said that. And this article may be reactionary to that, yeah. where it's like, hey, you know what? He's not such a great guy. He doesn't deserve to be put on such a pedestal. And he's over there like, I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to release a fucking promo single from a new goddamn album. And, you know, like, and the thing is, like, there are some girls that I, like, I've talked to some people about this, right? And there were some women that I talked to that were like, I actually think it's really cool that he said that. And, you know, I find that really personally empowering. And it's like, hey, if you personally want to find that empowering, like, that's cool. And, you know, you can't take it that way. But I don't think he was trying to be like, women, stand behind me. I got ya. Since when are we in the business of saying, like, if you are saying that you have that preference, how dare you because you're imposing that preference on other people? No, no, no. It's not an individual song that does that. It's when there's an overarching contextual problem of that when that becomes a problem there's nothing wrong with migos saying that he wants a bad bitch or any of that shit like that the problem comes in where it's like oh it seems like in hip-hop they only want this specific type of girl and that's what makes this song where he says that so uh, kind of special in a way because he's bucking back against that trend hey remember that thing that everyone seems to be saying they want oh they want a red bone uh thick chick with da -da -da -da, you know and completely perfect Fuck them. I, I'm saying I, I, I'm, I'm cool with you being who you are. If a gay guy had come out with a song where he's like, I, I, I dig dick. I don't fuck with pussy or something like that. Right. You know, no one would be like, oh, so you're saying that, uh, well, we don't need to be, uh, va uh, we don't need to have our pussies validated by you, gay rapper. I don't know if this is exactly the same thing or not, but I bring her up a lot, uh, Lizzo, because I think she deserves a lot more attention. Uh, oh, it's funny. Uh, the person I was talking to actually uh, brought her up. She's a bigger lady. She, you know, celebrates that in her music videos, in her lyrics. Like, if there was an uprising, an outcry, an outrage by, you know, contemporary, thinner, um, conventionally attractive women being like, I'm all of a sudden sick of having these plus-sized women shoved down my throat. You're the ideal that most people are looking for and desire to be. It's punching up, and it's it's punching up instead of punching down. That's the difference. You have had your time, and it's still your time. It's okay yeah. that we're looking at something else now. When is the last time a rapper has been like, I love your stretch marks? When has a rapper ever fucking said that? So let someone say that, and hey, let someone fucking enjoy it. Music is supposed to be about hitting you viscerally, you know? And that's what he does here. And for, so for the people who, who like that, for the people who like someone who's natural, they're like, yeah, I fucking feel that. I'm down with that. You know, let them have that. Not everything has to be this deep thing where we're considering everyone's emotions on every single fucking thing. I feel it's a lot like, and I'm all for inclusion. Um, and, you know, all the, all the social justice stuff that people get on people's cases for. I don't fucking care. You can say whatever you want in the comments. I'm really beyond caring. Um, so when you see people like a video game has as a female character, I, I like they were recently talking about this on Game Grumps, actually. They were talking about the game Overwatch. And it's like, this game has more female characters than you normally see. 
in a video game. But then people then people will be like, yeah, but not every body type is represented. It's like, well, that's impossible. Like, we're, we're trying. Like, can you not just look at this and be like, this is a good effort. It's not always going to be perfect. You can have another game put out by somebody else that does represent that, but not every game is going to, and I'm sorry. Like, if, if you had a game that had no white characters in it whatsoever, and it was just all black characters, A, you would have white people upset because, oh, there aren't any white characters, but they can get the fuck over it. But then you'd have other people from other minor minority groups being like, oh, well, where's our game? And it's like, well... I'm like, uh, like I understand. You deserve one. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying your your outrage and your desire to, for representation isn't warranted. It is, but it's impossible for developers to make a game that's gonna make every single fucking person happy. We saw Megan Trainer and Nicki Minaj try to do the same. You expect Bleeder to be this, but I say it's this. Blow up in their faces as well. So, like, you know, given that he's supposed to make a song with this message, how should he say it? You know, are you saying, like, don't comment on women at all, ever, 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 ever? And I'm not saying, like, oh, feminists shouldn't comment, but if the point is, this male's perspective doesn't matter to women, shouldn't the response be, we don't care because your experience as a guy isn't what's important to us? Instead of going, like, this uh, game doesn't have enough characters, this doesn't have enough this, like, just do it, like, uh, when, when a game attempts to make the effort anyway, you know, when it's just like hardened white guy whose wife is killed and da da da, yeah, yeah, call that shit out because we've, we've had too many fucking stories of that. But when it's going like, oh, hey, here are a couple of uh, diverse characters, and then you could be like, well, we kind of see how in games it's like it's not really diverse enough, so what would be a good idea if in the future we did this? And that way, like, that's a positive spin on it instead of like, oh, they'll never be satisfied. Instead, it's good work, but here's how it could be improved. You know what I mean? Instead of, oh, you did it wrong because you didn't do it good enough. I would just love if there were less songs about sexual attraction and just more songs like actually telling yeah. inter interesting stories about other things because the and, whole... And, and that's a good point too. Yeah, the whole, I'm wanting this chick or I'm wanting this dude. It doesn't matter who does it or what the topic is. It's still kind of a tired subject. Not if it's the... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, even if it's from the, the, uh, the point of view... Mm -hmm. Of, like, a same-sex thing. It would get some press because we haven't heard that yet. You know, yeah. like, there are no openly gay rappers on the radio singing about, you know, being in love or wanting to fuck other dudes. That's not a thing. So, it would kind of be treated like a novelty. And it wouldn't be taken seriously, but it would be out there. But then still, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I mean, this just kind of sounds like every other fucking song that's about this thing, though. <laughs> The thing that I'll agree on is there's a bit of a power dynamic when it comes to a guy saying what his sexual preference is as opposed to a woman saying what her sexual preference is. You know what I mean? Like, um, the male perspective has shifted how, you know, women present themselves. You know what I mean? The female perspective doesn't really shift how guys act. I mean, I, I, I guess... Uh, it, I mean, not enough for me to uh, majorly change myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, me personally. Like, maybe if there's people who are out there who are like, man, when when this woman said that I didn't look that great, I, I, I wore makeup every day after that. You know what I mean? It wasn't like in 2009 when, when, when uh, Kesha had that song 
Uh, but we kick them to the curb unless they look like Mick Jagger. Not every dude <laughs> started dressing and looking like Mick Jagger. I was like, oh, man, I'm never yeah. going to be able to score a girl like Kesha unless I look like Mick Jagger, apparently. That didn't happen. <laughs> this week on the Going Off Podcast, we're reviewing All Hands by Doomtree from uh, 2015. A Patreon request from Eli Garrison. If uh, If it sounds like a cool idea to you that there's some album out there that might be one of your favorite albums that you would love to hear our hot take on um it's a one-time patreon requ- uh donation of 40 bucks to either one of our patreon uh pages uh once that money goes through you're added to a queue and we eventually get to your review and i hate that it took so long for us to get to um eli's but we already did one for him a long time ago so it's okay um so here we got all hands <laughs> he'll live <laughs> yeah eli eli will be fine um, uh, 2015 album from Doomtree. In the past, um, Eli also requested an album by Dessa, who was a member of Doomtree, so we got a little taste, um, in the past. Um, what were your initial takeaways from this album? It's loud. <laughs> it, it's very noisy. Uh... It, it's very synthesizer heavy. At, at, like it, this could have been an EDM group. Like, <laughs> like um, I noticed specifically uh, there was one song. The lyrics were about like you know we're driving through these you know uh, back backwater towns and all these places you know on the road where it's quiet, hear nothing but crickets humming and. But the beat is still... It's just like, oh, I'm not really getting that feeling, bro. Like, can you not for this song just, like, chill on this shit for just, like, a second? Yeah, it's, it's, that's why I feel bad that I, I only listened to this one once and I didn't have the opportunity to follow it with, uh, with like, lyrics on Genius or whatever. But shit was so fucking loud that for me, a lot of the time, it was kind of hard to even hear what was being said. This is the first time where I've really been like, the music is messing with my ability to enjoy the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, like with that song, it, it was kind of noisy and kind of misplaced it. But I feel like, and maybe it's because like their flows were kind of messed up too. Like their flows weren't perfectly on point. There was a lot of the first line and a half doesn't rhyme. But I'm going to put, like, two rhymes at the end of this line so, you know, it counts as a rhyme. There was a lot of that. Oddly enough, I really liked Dessa on this album. She really stood out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Like, her voice was really awesome on this album. And oddly enough, like, for everyone else, I feel like their voices didn't pop enough. I thought maybe there were, like, two or three other guys in this group. Turns out there's, like, six. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I was like, who the fuck are those guys, cuz? You know what I mean? Like, I, I could swear there were only two other voices, but apparently there were other guys, and I think, like, just the beats just took away their personality or something like that. But like I said, um, the, here's one lyric. He's like, um, now I'm playing with the house money. I'm out of mind, checked out, out of line. And if I come back, it's only for store credit. No return, no receipt. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I heard the internal rhyme, but where was the, what the fuck rhyme with credit? You know, like, or there's one line where he says, um, so you the boogeyman, huh? Yeah, right. Where you at? I ain't scared. Been prism in the dark, dilated, working in the moonlight. I can see who's hunting. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just don't like this type of style where it's like the rhymes are just sporadically in there. Like it's like um, here's one where the rhymes are kind of the beginning, but it felt like the rest of it didn't rhyme at all. Like full moon, handful of silver bullets, high noon, all day with these assholes. How soon is too soon to pull it when I doubt they count the paces at all? Like what the fuck was at all supposed to rhyme with bullets, assholes? Asshole, yeah. Asshole at all, yeah. <laughs> at all. Mm. D- Dessa had the higher pitched voice, right? By track number three, I was like, okay, the bloopy bleepy beats. It's <laughs> bloopy beats. Like it's it, it's just it just felt too much, like too often. You know what I mean? There there wasn't a lot of dynamic change that really made it. That that made each track pop, like honest to God, like some of these started to run together. Not that they weren't bad, like I guess it's yeah. a solid groove altogether, but I could never go, Oh man, I really want to go hear this song. Because the tracks didn't have enough personality individual wise to, to make them stick out, you know? Yeah, I, I I was pretty bored by this album. I'll I'll just come out and say that. Mm. By halfway through I was really kinda over it. Um when it started with Final Boss, I thought Final Boss was Probably one of the better tracks on the album, maybe the best one. Well, I, I think it sounds good because you're not used to that yet, you know. That yeah, I, I really wasn't sure what what to expect. I didn't exactly know what their style was, um, what what they kind of what they rapped about. So when Final Boss came on and it, and it kind of had like a okay, so is this kind of leaning more towards like a, like a nerdcore thing, which only comes up occasionally. I was like, okay, maybe that's the deal, um. But by, like, the second, third, I was like, oh, okay, this really isn't for me. Um, this is more like rap rock, and I don't really care for that. Did you get any, like, topics out of this album? <laughs> no. Um, point .38 airweight, I imagined, was supposed to be about guns, but I didn't really know what else any of the other songs were really supposed to be about. Yeah, it, they all like you said they they totally ran together for me. There were some songs I forget which two they were, but one song ended, the next one started, and I could have swore it was like the same song, maybe like on loop. <laughs> Mini Brute had a really cool synth blast in it, like the, just the, the 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 like the the melody was really cool. And then Cabin Killer, I, I think it might have been those two, because they kind of felt sort of similar because i was just like oh it's it's just gonna keep doing this a lot of their shit either doesn't rhyme or feels like it's tacking on a rhyme at the tail end of its bars and it feels like too loose of a style and like they're all doing it so it just feels like they're all like not really experienced with this type of beat like this is the exact opposite of a um who's your boy uh danny brown where the beat is weird but he knows what to do with it yeah, it's like the beat's weird, but he's weirder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't really notice, so it just kind of feels like he's at home. You know what I would say? I, I would say this isn't weird enough. Their rhymes are not weird enough No. to fit these beats. Because it's still the sort of, yeah, we're cool, tough guys, you know, like, th- there's still that shit. I feel like Des is the only one who gets it and really springs for something that's uh, that's her own style of the weird abstract conjuring up a certain image. She had, uh, one lyric where she's like, uh, struck by lightning with a hand in the sand, came to, uh, came to with a fist fused in glass, 
close the circuit skull full of white light, mouth full of ash, um, uh, sparks on the pavement, dragging the chain, acres off, man, lost it again, but, you know. <laughs> I'm so tired of people rhyming, but, like, shit, like, that ends with, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, chain and rain with again, like, you know it doesn't sound good. You know it you doesn't sound good. You don't ever say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless You never say that in your everyday. Unless you're fucking British, just don't say it, you know? Right. Like, there are other words to rhyme with ain, okay? <laughs> but anyway. Like, I, I thought a lot of these beats were all right, but for the most part, it kind of reminded me of, like, almost kind of like a Tech 9 album. Huh. Did you get that at all? Where I could see that. I wasn't thinking about it, but I could see that. It was hard, but they weren't, like, hard enough. Tech 9 brings it, although I don't necessarily 100% agree or like everything he does. I think he brings an energy and a rawness that matches. Yeah. I, I don't think they did. Yeah, Tech 9 knows how to ride a beat. These guys aren't really riding the beat. It feels like this could have been under... I, I, it could have been under different production, maybe more not as bombastic production, and it probably mm. could have had more of an impact, honestly. Um, Lyric-wise, anyway. Uh, oh, when Dessa has this one lyric, she says, um, I sweep my tracks behind me, only take what we earn. Better hope they can't find me. They'll learn real quick. A real witch don't burn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh Yeah. I'm really, I'm really racking my brain to find like a good lyric from someone else though. Uh, like it's not that they didn't have them; they they were there, but they were too stretched out. And the other stuff was like braggadocious, but slightly abstract. Like it's braggadocious enough for like too bragging for me to, you know, listen in and really take it seriously, but too abstract for me to also listen in and take it seriously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it just wasn't enough of one or the other. Like, you can have that abstract sort of style, but you can't also be trying to say that you're a better rapper, too. There's a balance to it, but I don't think that this album found it. And for it to carry on with this many songs that are basically the same thing, I get lost. Like, I think the the first and last tracks are the most standout ones because they sound the most different, especially with how it's it starts differently. You know, it doesn't just start with the rapping going in. It starts with this weird sort of like, I had this dream that, you know, I was floating on top of a building and I was it was like, and that imagery caught me and it stuck with me. And if they would have done more of that for each individual song, they can sort of, you know, character pieces and whatnot, like that would have been cooler. But all of these guys, especially like just the, 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 the revolving door of voices. And I just didn't, I wasn't interested in what anyone was saying. I hate to just call this album average, but it kind of was. Um, yeah. It had high points, but they were really few and far between. Um, I would feel, I would feel guilty if they gave this anything higher than a three, but there are times where even that kind of sounds generous. Mm. Um, I'm just going to go three, though. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, there's better stuff like this that isn't this. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, that sounds horrible. But, you know, like, there's better people doing this than them. And if you're looking for, like, what Wikipedia refers to as alternative hip-hop, I, I didn't really get that this was alternative hip-hop. It was, like, rap rock at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, eh, like, to, to say it's alternative makes it sound more interesting than it is. There really aren't big major like themes, interesting themes. Uh Des is really the only one bringing you interesting uh imagery. Uh it I was bored. I I just kind of like phased out listening to this. Yeah. I don't remember what we gave Dessa, but I'm pretty sure that we enjoyed it more when it was just her. Yeah, honestly. What is it with this, like, thing of, like, the female rapper in the group is always more interesting than the other rappers around her? <laughs> Does she feel like she has something to prove? Like, she has to prove herself because people are already going to be, like, you know, grading her, like, lower yeah, dude, just I from the get-go? Yeah, dude, I so. Like, because why, uh, with the Fugees, the standout was always fucking Lauren Hill. Um, True, yeah. With, uh, uh... Uh, fuck. Diggable planets. Even though the other two guys are good, the one who just blows shit out of the fucking water was always Ladybug Mecca. Excuse hmm. me. It's so weird. <laughs> like, and I and I think there is part of that aspect to it, where it's just like, all right, I'm a girl, so I specifically have to prove myself. I also remember, um, oh, Mia X. She was also like one of the better rappers in Master P's label. And, oh, okay. And Raw Digger from fucking uh, uh, Buster Rhymes Flip Mode Squad. She was also the most notable person. As a matter of fact, Eve was the most notable person from DMX's <laughs> Rough Riders. Holy shit. <laughs> we just uh, unraveled something. We just <laughs> uncovered something. Yeah. There, there is a stigma in hip-hop where the female rapper has to be the best one. Because if she isn't, she knows. Inherently, she knows that she's going to get fucking... You know, washed over, so she has to prove herself. And I would argue that Nicki Minaj is the best person in the Young Money group. You know what I mean? Who Who's better? Who's better? You, you gonna argue T-Streets with me? <laughs> we, ju- we just fucking gave... You just gave a Drake album a four. But not because of him. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, okay. Keep in mind... <laughs> And also, it was because of a bunch of songs where he wasn't rapping on it. That's fair. But okay. at, at, the uh. sa- at the same time, I do think Drake is good. I think Drake and Nicki Minaj are good. But like, if you go back to their first to the first album, the We Are Young Money, the people that were the oh, people yeah. that were the standouts were Nicki, and that was before she was like one of the main main players. That was before that, you know. She didn't have an album out at the time. Yeah, she, she, the the only t- the only songs you heard her were on that uh, that Young Money album. She was explosive on all the features she was in, specifically Monster. No one remembers what the fuck Jay Z's yeah. verse was. No one remembers what the fuck Kanye's verse was. Rick Ross just said "huh" and left, but fucking Nicki Minaj. He really did. <laughs> blew that shit out of the fucking water. You know, Nicki Minaj's guest verse on Monster is probably the best thing I ever heard her do. And, it's, it, it is phenomenal. And the reason why it was is because it had to be. <laughs> Yeah. You yeah. know, she had to prove herself. Yeah, I mean, even on a song where, like you said, fucking Rick Ross has, like, four lines. Fat motherfucker, look who's in trouble. Uh, anyway, wa- watch 
watch Kanye sample. Here he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just fucking comes in. It's like, why did he even need to be there? Why couldn't we just fucking start with Kanye? Like, if, if could you imagine Nicki Minaj doing that shit? She would have never done that. No, absolutely not. You know? You're fucking getting a spotlight like that? You gotta take advantage of it. Yeah, I would agree uh, that Nicki has done the most with with that push. Um, Drake didn't, didn't necessarily need the push because already by the time he was on the Young Money album, he already kind of had a few singles under his belt. He yeah. was already on that fucking song with Eminem and uh, Kanye. Yeah. And who else was on that? Lil Wayne. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's I, I, right. Something about the roller coaster when it drops. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe we're reaching a, a point in hip-hop where women don't need to be the best in the group anymore. I, I think I think we're coming to that because cats like Young M.A. and Dej Loaf, you know, they're able to come out and they're not really that, like... They're not great. Yeah, no. And maybe it's they're good. They're okay. Maybe it's good that they're not great because how many fucking... Male rappers are not great, but having a completely, you know, long-lasting career despite that shit. Oh, please, most of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Almost all of them. So maybe to really be fair, we need to allow mediocrity. (laughs) You know, the day where we have as many mediocre-ass female MCs as we have mediocre-ass male MCs, that's when we will truly reach equality. I think that's a great a, a great moral. I think that's a great lesson, a great takeaway from this week's episode. Yeah. So the way it's looking for the next few weeks, and I don't want to make any promises here, but this Friday there's three fucking big releases that we're looking at. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, remember at the beginning of the year where we were almost doing Patreon requests like every week because shit was not coming out? We're like, oh my God, when the fuck is the next big thing coming out? And I was messaging you and I was saying, man, we're basically just kind of killing time. <laughs> until Gorillas comes out with their shit, and you're like, no, fucking Kendrick, Joey Badass, and fucking Tech Nine now are all dropping albums out this Friday. So it's like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> so we got our work cut out for us, but um, we definitely don't want to neglect uh, the Patreon requests either because I still got over ten on my list. I know you've got a few over over on your side, and we definitely got to knock these out. So, <laughs> uh, who knew the fucking March into April would be the fucking hot peak of the year? I figured it would be like summer, but maybe it's different in hip hop. I don't know. Gotta get that shit early. But um, don't let that stop you from sending in your Patreon requests anyway. Even if there is a queue and there is a waiting period, we do get to every request eventually. Uh, like I said earlier. That's a one-time $40 pledge to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Uh, the money goes through, you send us a message, you let us know what you want reviewed, and we add it to the list. It's as simple as that. And um, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, not a busy news week as far as uh, music goes. Not a lot of big drops. Last week was pretty big. Um, but yeah, I think we still wrapped it up pretty nice. We tried to get Rev on this week's show. I want to mention that... Um, we tried, and there were technical difficulties, so we're going to try that again. Um, we were really looking forward to that, and it just didn't didn't happen. So we're definitely going to also try to get more guests on in the future, so look out for that as well. And uh, if this is your first time listening, all our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. I suggest 
just subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. That way you don't miss a new episode, and I believe they download automatically. So you don't even need to do shit. And, um, yeah, do some catching up. Because there's over 100 episodes, and I don't even know how many hours that is. It always amazes me when I see people say, Hey, I just discovered the podcast. I spent all day yesterday, like, just listening to old episodes. I'm like, I couldn't imagine doing that. (laughs) That's fucking, that's dedication. But we definitely appreciate it. So, for the Going Off Podcast, until next week, I'm Muse. I'm the Rap Critic, telling you, look, if I misinterpreted something, please, just fucking explain it. Don't shout and get angry, okay? Like, I'm on your team, bruh. I'm on your team.